hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. The number one award-seeking comedy podcast about comedy... Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Mark... Mark... Hershaw. Yeppers, it's me, Mark Hershon, your host and inflatable arm-flailing tube man for Epi 117 of Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. This is going to be a Suckatash Clips episode with one exception, which I will talk about in a moment here. I'm one week back from the fourth annual LA Podcast Festival, and what a time I had. I was mostly dug in at the Squarespace Podcast Lab, interviewing a few podcasters, and then cutting, prepping, and uploading those minisodes. You can find them all listed, essentially, under Epi116 at SuckatashShow.com and on iTunes. I forgot to get them up on SoundCloud, but I'll do that this week just to have them up there as well. You'll also find them on Stitcher Smart Radio. There was one last interview that I did not get a chance to produce and upload, That was with Michael John Simpson, co-host of the Something Something Experience podcast. So I'm going to break protocol, God, the network hates when I do this, and play that interview and a clip from Michael's podcast as well a little later in the show. In addition to his podcast, we have clippage from the Chill Pack Hollywood Hour, The Mild Adventures of Fred Stoller, Human Conversation, Taco Tuesday, The Talking Podcast, The Hooray Show, The New Hollywood Podcast, and The Why Didn't They Laugh Podcast. I'm very happy to have our associate producer Tyson Sainer back helping me to harvest clips from podcasts far and wide. He was a little overwhelmed doing some moving recently, so we gave him some well-earned vacation time from listening and snipping. But he's back, and we've got some interesting clips thanks to him to listen to. We also have a double dose of our Burst o Durst segment featuring political comedian and social commentator Will Durst. A classic Henderson's Pants commercial awaits. And an absurd folk song from our musical buddy Abner Surd. Be sure to listen for that following Bill Haywatt's closing credits at the end of the show. Immediately following the L.A. Podfest, actually, I bugged out before the bitter end on Sunday evening because I had to get back up north, home to the San Francisco Bay Area, because, well, I had to be at work on Monday morning. But I was honored to be the first guest to Skype in on the Chill Pack Hollywood Hour with Dean Haglin and Phil Larness since they've gone international, with Dean now hanging out down under in Australia. I was about four hours up Interstate 5 out of L.A. A little after 11 o'clock last Sunday night, I pulled off the freeway into the parking lot of a KFC in Patterson, California, population 20,868. Now, I don't believe a single Pattersonian was aware that this conversation was taking place at that very moment. Dean and Phil wanted me to give them a review of the Earbuds podcast documentary, which had had a couple of preliminary screenings at the PodFest. Well, those guys were mostly interested in seeing how their appearance in the film came off. As far as I know, Dean and I did not participate again this year in L.A. PodFest. Did right. they decide to go on with the event? Well, they did, and indeed you were represented, I'm happy oh. to say, in the Earbuds document, podcast documentary, which there was a preliminary screening. They were very careful to word it, preliminary screening. 
we we oh, did one of those for the lady killers when we did a test of it uh we, we said look people you can write about this you can tweet about it you can do whatever the heck you want but you've got to say it was a preview screening not a, a world premiere because once that gets out that yes. status can never be pulled back and it, we had uh remember when john allen simon was on the show dean uh, and and how it really affected Radio Free Album Youth, where they did a test screening and it was advertised as the world premiere. And so, nice. you know, on IMDb, it looks like this thing was finished and out. And then two years later, nobody else has seen it, and they wonder what's <laughs> wrong with it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so it so it does it seem finished? Does it seem close to finished? Uh, it is. It, it is. I mean, they've got some color correction. They've probably got some a uh, little bit of tightening. It's uh, Got a little bit of flab here and there uh -oh. in it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. But, but no, no. Me, right? I didn't go to the gym before I was filmed. <laughs> I mean, I, I sense. And I, I, I have good news and bad news about the appearance of the two of you in the movie. Oh. Oh, no. So tell Dean the bad Tell Dean the good news, and then you tell me the bad news. <laughs> the right. good news is you guys are in all three acts of the movie. Oh, great. Hooray. Oh, no. The bad, the bad news is... We don't hear a word you say. <laughs> what? We're we're literally you're, you're, eye candy for this movie. You're, yes, you're you're visually represented. Uh, they cut to uh, the two of you uh, on mics chatting, but there's other dialogue going on, sort of over you. So you are eye candy. And I even asked Chris Mancini about this, one of the producers, yesterday when I was interviewing him in the podcast lab, and I said I would be talking about the movie to the two of you tonight and uh he said tell them that there were sound problems and then he winked <laughs> yeah because we, did, because we did a long interview i mean yeah <laughs> but our interview was also uh erudite thoughtful well-meaning? Is that the tone of this documentary? You know, you know the tone of the, the movie was uh, a lot more moving than I was anticipating. Um, really? Well, the, the story they chose to tell, or actually several stories they chose to tell, was really sort of through uh, the, um, the interactions of, of podcast listeners to shows. Ah. Uh, so there was a, there's a woman from Tokyo that's a big listener to, the, the, um, to Mancini's Comedy, uh, film, comedy yeah. film nerds, and uh, they were talking about she was there, when they had that big earthquake several years ago. Uh, she was freaking out, and Dave Anthony was was uh, tweeting with her and trying to calm her down. There were several other listeners to the same podcast, and so they talked about that. And they actually, they, I guess, this woman's a longtime fan, and they actually in the movie they go to Tokyo and meet her face to face for the first time. Oh. Uh, and then they bring her to last year's PodFest, and she meets this other woman from the Midwest who had been going through some uh, cancer treatments, and she'd been helping the cancer woman through things through Twitter, and they'd met through being mutual listeners to comedy film nerds. Wow. Um, and then there were several other stories. You know, Sean Merrick, uh, who'd been suffering from Hobbs, Hobbs, uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma. Would you, they, would you brand it? Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, I did come up. I did come up with FOMA. Oh, did you do non-Hodgkins? Non-Hodgkins. I think that's what you did. You know, they told his, the Hodgkins is so popular. <laughs> we'll call it non-Hodgkins. But, but they told his story. You know, the fact he, you know, he kept he keeps working on 
the podcast as a producer, even though he's, you know, in the middle of chemotherapy, he's, you know, working by cell phone and stuff. And, uh, he's, he has a happy ending in the story. This cancer has gone into full remission. And, uh, so those were the stories they chose to tell. It wasn't so much like, Hey, here's a bunch of comedians that do podcasts. So, uh, you know, the story has a lot of heart to it, which was nice. Right. Sounds, right. sounds, well, sounds awful. Because um, <laughs> we're not in it. When are we doing our worst films of the year list, Dean? How, how quickly does that come up? Um, I, I will say, I will say that you and I, uh, we all have the same amount of sound in the movie because they actually did capture me in a few shots of the podcast lab from last year. Well, I wow. thought the bad news, honestly, was going to be that your associate producer, Tyson Saner, has more uh, screen time <laughs> than any of the three of us. <laughs> well, he, he may. I've never seen Tyson face-to-face, so I don't really know exactly what he would appear as. In the film, right. So. <laughs> so that was a very high-level view of the movie, but my assignment wasn't done yet. Before I could hit the road for the last two hours to get home, Phil asked me for the status of podcasting overall. Give us the state of the union, Mark, on podcasting. Is the state of the union strong? (laughs) I I believe it is. This was certainly the most well-attended podcast festival of the four that they've done so far, to the point that I asked Chris, I said, it looks like what happened in the Santa Monica Hotel is happening here, where you're beginning to sort of, you know fill the place too much and he says yeah we're definitely revisiting our location after this one wraps up because uh there were i mean there were lines all the way down the hall to get into some of the rooms uh really yeah 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 very uh and and and, you know more podcast fans uh far outstripping the the you know the podcast people uh and yet these fans knew that we weren't going to be there (laughs) yeah You know, hope springs eternal, and I think I could feel their fervent hope. They had a lot of them had signs. Uh, a lot of them had their Dean and Phil masks. Uh, oh, those are selling uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> they, and I said, "What are you going to do?" Because they're not here. You have the masks. He said, "Well, Halloween's right around the corner. We're good." <laughs> <laughs> So, who was the big draws then? What, who, I guess. Uh, well, I want to know. Well, I, I want to. I don't, Who cares who the big? Why are we? Why would we promote the big draws? They don't need it. They don't need it. Um, That's true. Oh my God. No, That's true. I. Uh, who did you interview this time, Mark? Uh, interviews I, that we might uh, get to hear on uh, future episodes of Suckatash. Who'd you interview that maybe you hadn't interviewed before, and who you found uh, really enjoyable to talk to? Um, you know, it's interesting because in the podcast lab, the, the podcasters that show up, I, I call them kind of the baby podcasters because this year in particular, a lot of them, their shows have only been on for, you know, maybe a few times or maybe a year at the most. And so they get excited just interviewing each other, which is kind of strange. <laughs> <laughs> well, we still but do. <laughs> yeah, that's all we do. But you guys are podcast royalty. Come on. Yeah, right. but, yes. you know, all right. Okay. But uh, but the the occasional person uh, of note would sweep through and and uh, they they positioned me close to the door because they realized that I knew most of the podcasters. So when they saw me in there, like Greg Proops came in to say hello, and all of a sudden it was like a Roach Motel. He couldn't get out again. <laughs> so right. he did my interview, and then he had to make the circuit around the big table and talk to like five other podcasters. <laughs> so I talked to Greg Proops. I talked to Wayne Fetterman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked to uh, Chris. I talked to 
let's see. Who else did I talk to? I, all, all my interviews are already up. I put them all up already. All of us? Oh. Uh, yeah, I just, I've, I've numbered them all, episode 116, and then just lettered them based on uh, the order that I interviewed people. So there's six interviews from this weekend that I just put up on uh, succotashshow.com. Wow. Look at you being all proactive. Well, I realized if I could sit there and work on getting the next episode up, then the baby podcasters wouldn't talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> so what's oh, the what's the funny. word on the street? What's the word coming out of the lab uh, about uh, the future of of podcasting? How how might this be changing? Uh, well, what? I definitely I I definitely think there's this this growing network of networks uh, springing up. Uh, it seems like every week there's more and more networks of podcasts, and some of them of significant note. Um, so that seems to be on the rise. That's your Chill Pack Hollywood Hour, which I was delighted to be a guest on, and which you can catch dropping every Monday at their home site, ChillPack, C-H-I-L-L-P-A-K, Hollywood.com, or on Blog Talk Radio. And once again, uh, towards the end of our conversation, we got back into should we start our own darn podcast network so that's something eh, we're talking about who knows anyway before we wade much deeper into the quicksand of other clips we have in store for you let's make a pit stop at our first burst o durst for this episode will durst wants to let you know about the zany gop hey guys will durst here with a few choice words about the second republican presidential debate or para debates or mind-numbing marathon four-and-a-half-hour endurance test debates, not just for the 15 candidates and the viewing public, but also the CNN correspondents, many of whom needed a shave by the time it was over. A few surprises. Jeb Bush wants Margaret Thatcher on the $10 bill. Marco Rubio has a sense of humor of an end table. And Carly Fiorina is tougher than a $2 steak. Folks always ask comedians who we'd like to see become president in terms of material. What they don't understand is we learn so much about these people, there's always some post to hang a joke onto. But these guys and gal are perhaps the best humor conductors in the history of political campaigns. So, let's review the zanier moments of the most recent GOP debate. Lindsey Graham sucking up to liquor lobbyists by saying that the first thing he plans on doing as president is start drinking more. The Jeb Bush and Donald Trump soul brother bonding moment. Two of the whitest humans on the face of the planet low-fiving. And they wonder why Republicans have trouble with minority voters. Carly Fiorina looking like one of those dolls that blinks when it's tilted and she was on a teeter-totter. Graham also warning America that unless we are willing to follow Strom Thurmond's example of having four kids after the age of 67, we may need immigration. Bush apologizing to his mom for smoking pot. Wish he could apologize to my mom. Trump once again mugging like a refugee from a Max Senate movie. But the funniest thing that happened on Wednesday was pretty much all of the assembled consider the number one threat to America, Planned Parenthood. That's funny. Follow that, Democrats. For Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast, I'm Will Durst. 
Always a pleasure to have Will drop in with his unique and funny view on the state of politics and other serious matters. We like it so much, we're going to have a second burst of durst at the end of the episode. But if you'd like to see what else Will has going on, including the dates of his upcoming appearances, just hop on over to willdurst.com or catch his tweets at willdurst. You can also find a link to willdurst.com right on our home site at succotashshow.com, so look for it there. I'm going to segue back into the clips now, but uh, let's say that you are a comedy podcaster and you're saying to yourself, self, wait a minute, how do I get my clip played on Succotash? That's a great question. Well, the super lazy way is to wish and or pray to whichever gods you worship that we will find your show somehow amid the 100,000 plus comedy podcasts that are out there and clip it ourselves. The in the middle pig with a house made out of sticks way is to drop a note into our tweet sack not yet tweety by emailing details of your show and or a clip to me at marc at succotashshow.com but the proactive super smart way is to simply upload a three to five minute clip in mp3 format directly to us by going to hightail.com slash u slash succotash and using our direct upload link there is a link to that link at SuccotashShow.com as well. So we're trying to make it as easy as possible. Are you getting that? All right, let's get clipping. Brian Flaherty, host of the New Hollywood Podcast, was our guest for Suckatash Chats, Epi 102, back at the end of January of this year. I just reviewed his episode last week for both Splitsider.com and Huffington Post Entertainment, which featured his lengthy interview with the multi-talented and very entertaining Bill Hader. Now, since leaving SNL, Hader's been keeping himself very busy. Maybe you've noticed. It seems there is no acting job that that guy won't try. TV shows, commercials, and movies, including last year's amazing The Skeleton Twins. Well, here's a clip of Hader outlining the audition process that he had to go through when he first got on SNL. I auditioned a bunch. Uh, he came out to L.A. and saw me in the sketch group and... and uh with Mel and Eric and Matt. And did you he, know he was in the audience? Oh, yeah. We did uh, the whole show for him. With other people, though? With an audience? With audience, yes. But he, we, it went so good. We blew the roof off the place. And then Lauren came backstage and he goes, were, were all those people in the audience your friends? <laughs> and I said, yes. And he was like, you have to fly. You have to come to New York and do a show in New York where no one knows you. So we went to the UCB Theater on 26th Street. Um, it was February of 05. And out in the audience was a bunch of New York improvisers and going, who the fuck are these guys? Right. And then, uh, in that audience, I later found out it was Bobby Moynihan was there and a nice. bunch of people. And then, uh, and then in the front row was Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, uh, Seth Meyers, Lauren, Marcy Klein, uh, Mike Shoemaker, uh, Steve Higgins, Andrew Steele, like everyone was just right there in the front row. And I just thought, Oh man, they're there to see me. Yeah. And also, how awesome of Mel and, and Eric and Matt. They knew that it was just for, they wanted to see me, but they put together this show. It was like, how do we showcase Bill? You know, it was so, I, after my last show, yeah, like after my last show, I called all three of those guys and was like, I just finished SNL, but I never would have gotten it if it wasn't for you guys. Like, they were so unbelievably just great guys. And, uh, and, and so we did this show. And um, it's almost like an open mic because you've got all these, like you said, all these other improvisers who are really just looking to judge you. You know, yeah, like, because eh, it's not that. Funny. Yeah, they wanted to see what, what the hell. Why did they bring this guy out here? And I remember I did um, 
did a bunch of different. Uh, they, they, it was we, we did this sketch that took place at a karaoke bar or something, and within that, I had to do a bunch of impressions. So we did a sketch that we that in it was like an audition. It was like here's quickly all the things I can. Here's a bunch of people I could do. Oh right, you know what I mean. And um, and so we did that. And I remember we came out, and our first sketch was dying. No one like was getting nothing. And then I did my first. The first sketch ends and it dies. Shit. Second sketch starts, and this is the one with my audition buried in it. And I started doing Al Pacino. And uh, Polar went, ha! And Polar laughed really loud. <laughs> and you just felt the whole room just exhale, like, okay, right. we can laugh. And it, it was such a... I still to this day don't think she found it very funny, but I think she was just going, I just want... To just, it's so, there's so much tension in this room right, right. now. Let's chill out. You Let's know? give him a fair shake. Let's too. give him a fair shake, guys, you know? And, <clears throat> and I've always, and then Tina did the similar favor when I did my official audition. Um, I started my official audition doing Vinny Bedecci, the Italian talk show host. And, T- and Tina started laughing, and it kind of gave everyone the permission to laugh. That was the first time I can recall seeing like Al 2.0. You know, like the second phase of Al's career, oh, yeah. and just thinking like, "Oh, that's so fucking smart." Oh well, the, I think the the only thing I did that was different from other people, other impressions, I guess, was that I never, I try to never take them from movies. It was always I would see an interview with them, yeah, you know, and so you would get more nuance right. and the kind of um, you weren't you weren't just repeating lines they had done in movies. Right, was, right, right. Yeah, you weren't saying hoo-ha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was more, it was just like this gruff, different version. Yeah. That was, uh, it's just what you said, nuanced and, and, and so specific. That's the more of the stuff I was interested in, which, you know, plays well at kind of, you know, alternative comedy spaces, but then right. you try it on TV and it was a little harder for people to kind of, you know, they they... I realized quickly, oh, general audiences want hoo-ha. Brian's been getting more and more amazing guests on his show, The New Hollywood Podcast, so check out the home site at thenewhollywoodpod.com. Also on iTunes, Stitcher, and pretty much every other distribution point for podcasts on the planet. Uh, That may include, by the way, a brand new distribution point, distribution. Distribution point. Come on, Lips, do your thing. Uh, I got a note from Brian just this evening that it seems a network is interested in picking up his show. So I can't say much more than that, but uh, keep your ears peeled because that might be happening. So uh, congrats to him if that comes about. As I was saying, I did review his show, The New Hollywood Podcast, last week, but last week was actually a twofer because I repaired, uh, I reviewed a pair of podcasts. The second was Human Conversation, a podcast that's about 20-something episodes in, and I had not even heard about it until co-host Wayne Fetterman waded into the podcast lab. You can hear him, he and I talking about it on my uh, Epi 116A from last week. I think he was A. He was the first guy I talked to. Wayne and I go way back, actually, but we're not in touch all that often, and this was the first time I'd heard of human conversation. Well, not actual human conversation, but the the podcast of the same name. His co-host is Aaron McGathy, the significant other of Dan Harmon, who the mayor of Harmontown, which you may be a listener to. In the course of the show, she and Wayne talk about a variety of topics, but the thing that is uh, not allowed is to look up facts, figures, names, or anything else germane to the topics they're discussing. So here they talk about music 
and getting things done. Yes. Uh, what's what's an entertainment phenomenon that's that's happening now in 2015 that that uh, annoys you? That's like that, that goes into the like ah back in my day like we wouldn't. No, have I don't really. Like that. I don't really have a lot of that. You just looked at a can and were mad that it, money went to charity from the can. <laughs> <laughs> no, but not in entertainment. I just, well, all right, let me think. That can't be true. Let me think. Well, you know, you know uh, the the political correctness, thought police. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm at war with them. Sure. Yep. Those poli- I'm at war with the cops. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they pull you over. Mm-hmm. Did you say this or that? And I am the least... Would you say I'm one of the least controversial comedians? Like, I don't yes. swear. You're ineffective. <laughs> ineffective. I can don't barely get a Don't push the limits. <laughs> exactly. No, the line is, I'm you so far away from the You create interior limits. Yes. And people are like, whoa. Self-limited. <laughs> self-limited. 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 Mm-hmm. I'm a self-limited comedian. Uh, yeah, but it's more for other comedians. And it's a really interesting debate. So, yeah, I guess I that that part. And also... It's like what I told you before, what George Carlin said, mm-hmm. that the most insidious part about political correctness is that it comes under the guise of tolerance. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the, uh-huh. 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 Yeah. So I, I would say that's it. But I, I love stand-up these days. I love music, especially. You like new music? Mm-hmm. 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 What's your favorite? Sorry, I don't know. Why I'm giving you so much shit. I don't, <laughs> again, you know, I like pop songs. So yeah, yeah. What's your What's your summer jam? You know, this year I haven't really connected mm-hmm. to anything. I mean, I was watching uh, the one about the melting face is pretty good. <laughs> what you is that, that one? I don't, I don't. I don't know the name of it. I think you might know more about contemporary music than I do. Do you listen to the radio? Hmm. I, okay. I love it. I told you. Oh, I yeah, like, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, stuff. I like hearing a song on the radio when it pops on mm-hmm. more than it would be if it was on my playlist. Right. I, oh, I, I get... still need to make you a mix CD. Yeah, when is that going to happen? I know. I got to do it. I got to do it. Maybe I'll do it in... I doubt it. You're going to have time before you leave for... Oh, I leave so soon. Soon. You're already... Yeah, you're already not even here mentally. I have so much stuff. Well, no, I am. I mean, I have so much stuff I have to do before I leave. And I hope I can get it done. I leave tomorrow night. But do you get more? I, this is something that I do, and I'm projecting it on you. When I have to leave, I tend to get more focused and productive yeah. than just during the normal. I do, That's a I weird do well thing under I do. pressure. It's hard for me. It's <laughs> <laughs> a weird, quirky thing that I do. It's a wing quirk. Um, I, I, uh, yeah, I definitely I get a lot more done when I have a, when I have, when I have a really serious actual literal yeah. deadline um not literal a literal de- deadline does that mean that you would that you're gonna die no 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 i know i'm just kidding um i don't know why i said that now although wayne and aaron don't look up anything then and there during each episode they do look things up before the next episode and they kick every show off with a list of corrections from the previous show you can find links to my reviews for both the Human Conversation podcast and the new Hollywood podcast by visiting our home site at SuccotashShow.com. Also, I'm planning to have Wayne on as a guest soon to talk about his monumental 30-year project, The Fetterman Chronicles, which features parts of his stand-up comedy act dating back three decades. I reviewed past guest and friend of Suckatash, Fred Stoller's new podcast, The Mild Adventures of Fred Stoller, back when it debuted in July. 
We've had uh, Fred on as a guest way, way back in Epi 15 when doing his own podcast wasn't even a twinkle in his mouth. We also clipped that episode that I reviewed with guest Robert Forrester, but our associate producer, Tyson Sainer, thinks it's time for a rematch. This clip captures part of the opening of the show, which is part of a phone conversation of Fred trying to explain the concept of podcasting to his mom. Also in this clip, he's joined by sometimes co-host Amber Tozer, and they discuss comedy and dating with guest Darren Carter and Nikki Sullivan. Yeah, what's doing? I think I want to try to do a podcast. A what? What's that? Well, I, well, I talk about what I do during <laughs> the day and maybe conversations. Oh, because I never heard that term. So what do you put it on the Internet? Yeah. Yeah, too bad I don't have it. I never heard that term before. Have what is the name again? A podcast. Pot. P-O-T-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. All right. I never heard that term. This is the mild adventures of Fred Stoller. That's uh, that's my mother, I guess, talking to me. <laughs> doesn't know what a podcast is. I'm Fred, and I'm excited because this is my first podcast that's not just character. I don't mean just, but just ca- it's character actors so far. But this one's going to talk about dating, psychotherapy, um, with experts, and stand-up comedy a little bit. And I think by talking about who the people are, it leads to stories. I have Amber Tozer, my sidekick, and you were away for a while. I was away for a while. You okay? Yeah, that's good to be back. All right, all right. (laughs) I I was away, um, and Darren Carter... Comedian, hello, is here. I, I love that you and your mom sound like you were talking to each other in a cave <laughs> <laughs> or a well, the bottom of a well. Yeah, yeah. I, I just they, they don't have good um, technology for taping phone calls because I guess it's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, is that what that was? Uh, well, there was one time with my iPhone. There's a thing yeah. where you could do it with your iPhone. It's like, oh yeah. So then it starts off the thing going, "You're being taped." To my mother, what does that mean? <laughs> so I, I always try. I always tested it first, maybe. I always, you know, need validation that I came from a messed up family. So I used to tape phone calls. Well, I guess I still do. And I want people to go, yeah, that's why you messed up. And yeah. so I would tape her and wanting to play <laughs> it for people because, you know, so <laughs> usually, though, they hear it. They go, she's sweet. And I get so mad because, no, <laughs> you don't see. So it's like I, I, I never had my feelings validated from her and people. So I always want to tape things and play. I'm so messed up. I'm going on a tangent where I tried dating this woman who uh, she had, like, peach fuzz a lot and, like, sideburns. I guess some women, if they don't, I don't know, bleach. This is all new to me. <laughs> so... So you get hairier I, when you get older. I guess, but I guess they do. Some too. women do things. So I didn't trust my. I needed validation. I wasn't crazy. So, and a friend looked. Yeah, she does look like Elvis a little. <laughs> so I didn't even trust my own eyesight. I need to be validated with everything. So I'm pretty messed up. But okay, going on a tangent now. Darren Carter. I I, I was gonna at first have three comedians and talk about. Well, I just got back from stand-up, I think, uh, my last time again. 
And I wanted to, but I go, that's too negative. And someone, now I'm being repetitious, talking about being <coughs> repetitious. Someone is so nice and is chronicling the shows so I don't repeat myself. So I did think, I, I already did the thing about stand up, my heart fell out. It doesn't feel right. And I used to beat myself up. What's wrong with me? Am I a sore loser? Why don't I love it? All right, here's a story I prepared. This sort of says it. I had another crazy date. And we're going to get to Nikki. Sullivan, who I had one or two dates with, maybe two. Did they add up to two, the lunch? I'm not sure. Okay, she already blocked I, it out. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> By the way, her face is very smooth. This yeah. is not the young lady you were speaking <laughs> yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. She, she's not, no. So, so basically, some people go, are all your dates horrible? Even though it didn't work out, I think we had a great <laughs> well, lunch and a good date. It was very nice. I agree. And, and, I wasn't sure that it was a date, but it was great, whatever it Yes, was. it was very nice. So not everything <laughs> is horrible with me. And, and, I, and I've had great dates that didn't work out, that didn't go past a second date, but it still was pleasant. So um, th- that's what I – okay, so, so to set up my story, I was with some woman who was not a good date. Yeah. And, it, and, and, and I've had them where they're already second or thirds, and people go, why did it get past that when she – but anyway, um, we're in my apartment, and she had already said on one she thought I was handsome, so that gave me confidence. So we're in my apartment. I try to kiss her, and she pushed me away. She goes, I envy you. I go, why? She goes, I wish I had that feeling that I was so attracted to someone I wanted to kiss them. <laughs> That's a taste of the mild adventures of Fred Stoller, which is part of the All Things Comedy Network. Visit the com blog for a link to his site, as well as all the other podcasts that we're talking about on this episode. The hosts of the Hooray Show, which we've not covered on this show before, are Horatio Sands and Chad Kruger. Horatio is, of course, from SNL. Kruger's a musician, perhaps best known as the lead singer and guitarist for Nickelback. In this clip from their Season 2 Epi 6, they talk to guests Peter Murrieta and Jamie Moyer about the fire that swept through the Second City offices in Chicago earlier in September. The theater, I believe, was largely untouched, but the offices of Second City took a real hit. Five people, mostly firefighters, suffered minor injuries here. The extra alarm fire claimed the offices of the Second City, but everyone inside was able to evacuate safely. So we're talking about Second City and the fact that uh, yesterday it burned a little bit. It didn't burn down, though. And uh, they saved the main stage. Yes. Yeah. And the ETC. And I guess all their archives are off-site now. All sort of the historical artifacts and uh, scripts themselves are stored in a secure site away from Second City, so that's totally unaffected. That's so smart. The best has been, though, on uh, social media today, and I I called this last night, is that there are thousands of Second City comedians, alumni. Like, the comments today, I've just been precious. Oh, they've been good? Oh, God. Yeah, there's some 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 walk-off. Well, I think, honestly, of course, that's where we all know that, like, laughter makes everyone feel better because it's right. awful. But also that no one was hurt. Well, some people were hurt, yeah. n- you know, not, like, seriously, seriously, seriously hurt. hurt. Yeah. And then the fact that the stages, because I think if those stages and those green rooms oh, went. Oh, boy. I mean, it's devastating for the offices, but that from when you're watching the footage, that shit looked bad. Yeah, really I, I mean, bad. I was just like, oh, no. And I, I was there when they were building... Piper's Alley around it 
I they, when I was there, it wasn't there, and then it was the construction project. And and are Mark, you, are Dahl you ninety five years old? Yeah, I'm ninety five. Nineteen oh eight. No, that mall, that mall, that mall, and those movie theaters got built when I was there. Oh my god! I know. <laughs> and and the big head shop there on uh, on Wells. Uh, yeah, we used to go in there to protest the war. <laughs> <laughs> Which war? Um, this is the Civil War. I was against it. I thought we should just let people do what they need. <laughs> Peter Marietta and Jamie Moyer. Wow. Hey. Not Thank the pitcher. We've got to be clear about that. A lot of people thought the pitcher was coming. No, up. that Jim. guy has been fucking my Google results for years, actually. He's really? A, oh, he's... Oh. finally retired, though, right? Finally yeah. Retired. And, and I admire him. He was like the oldest pitcher. Really nice guy, too. I want I wanted to meet up with him one day, but yeah, if you Google me, I'm buried. I'm buried by Chad Kroger from Nickelback. Oh, okay. That's you worse. win. Yeah. <laughs> and you lose. You win and you lose. <laughs> Uh, I mean, Suge Knight, because that's my, my my real name is Suge Knight. Yeah. Yeah. That's your yeah. given name. Yeah. Like Christian, Christian Sugar Knight. Yep. <laughs> You're at the bottom of that dream. And I was like, my brother was into Shakespeare, and he's like, how about Horatio or Hamlet or something? Like, All right. And the rest is history. <laughs> the rest is very with- boring history. <laughs> I wish you would go with Hamlet, but then we, we, we wouldn't have the awesome pun that is our show. No, yeah. you wouldn't. No. I also love that, like, your brother's, like, lifelong de- dedication to the dramatic arts yeah. comes down to you going, like, ah, he's into Shakespeare and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he's made a career out of... Yeah, like collecting know. baseball cards. Yeah, right. he's, into, he's into it. Yeah, he's he into likes it. that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm not. Jamie, did you ever do... Did you ever do Shakespeare? Did you ever do classic theater or just comedy? Uh, I trained, and of course, I did the nurse monologue in Romeo and Juliet, and that was about the only part for me. I did that in college. So. Nice. Yeah, yeah just, just in class. Sure, sure. I hated it. I didn't like Shakespeare. I liked watching it. I didn't like doing it. It seemed like a lot of work. Yeah, I'm not. I have no training. You can't. You can't. I mean, you know, there is a show called Improvised Shakespeare, but you can't really just like make up your own lines when you forget stuff. Uh, in Shakespeare, which is kind of cool. I guess it's like the opera, though. It's like it's so far from any expression that I would kind of conceive. Yeah. So I mm-hmm. enjoy it there. I, you enjoy watching. I enjoy watching. Yeah, it. me too. Yeah. I, I, I watched some of my friends. Well, in college at Columbia, I watched. Uh, they did one of the Richards. I forget. It was Richard the Third, I think. And... The Hunchback one. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I know them. <laughs> there's the Hunchback one, one and, dies and then there's one. the one with the big sword thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I just remember uh, just admiring them so greatly. They were, they were my peers, and they were doing Shakespeare, and the the amount. And Sheldon directed it actually, oh, wow. and the amount of uh, effort they put into. We're talking just, about Sheldon Patinkin. Yeah, it's his birthday. It's his birthday. It's his birthday. birthday. Is it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I got burn, a great... Second City burned yesterday on yep. his birthday. On his birthday, yeah. I haven't burned down. Let's make that clear. Just yeah. everything's okay. Theater you got the, the word from Kelly. Saved. I got the word. Everything's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look for more of the Hooray Show at their home site. SoundCloud.com slash bro, B-R-O, dash bro, dash network. No lie. The Bro Bro Network. Please, guys, can't you take podcasting seriously? 
We sure do, right, Bill Haywatt? Hello, friends. Bill Haywatt here to tell you that sometimes it's not your pants, but what's in your pants that's important. And when the contents of your trousers is a pair of Henderson's Bivouac briefs, your privates couldn't be in better hands. Henderson's Pants is, of course, world-renowned for their pants and trousers, but we believe in building lower-body garments from your bottom on up, which means it's high time that we get into the underwear game as well. And what better way to announce to the world that we're ready to get into your pants than with Henderson's Bivouac Briefs? These are not just some wimpy, wispy man panties. No siree, Bob. Henderson's Bivouac Briefs are woven from 100% Kevlar and are made with everything you need when getting home is not an option. Whether you're spending the night with a friend or a week away on a business trip, Henderson's patented multi-pocket technology gives you more than a dozen places to stow your junk in your trunks. A toothbrush, a razor, dental floss, a shoehorn, a fountain pen, a couple of plums, a ripe banana. The only limit to the things you can carry in your Henderson's bivouac briefs is your imagination and any applicable local law. Originally designed for MacGyver, Inspector Gadget, and the Professor from Gilligan's Island, Henderson's Bivouac Briefs are just the ticket when you want to play hide the salami and really mean it. That's Henderson's, makers of manly unmentionables since 2013, and now back to Suckatash. From the UK comes the Talking Podcast, which is the most content-related blatant titling of a show I can remember in recent memory. It features three brothers, Joseph Snelling, Oliver Snelling, and George Trevor White, who, in the words of their home sites, Who Are We?, arrogantly assumes that others would like to listen to them talking. Tyson found this show in this clip, and I don't know why the third brother's last name, White, is not even close to that of his two brohams, which is Snelling, but here they talk about a family outing as boys to the Isle of Man. They also chat about time as a concept. Heavy. Ollie and I were over in the Isle of Man uh, visiting our parents. That's and, true. Uh, we, so we saw each other. And, in fact, um, George came as well. George did, but George didn't cross over with me, so I don't, no. don't consider it worth so it. you didn't include talking about. the podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but I think we all did lots of um, sort of jumping off rocks into the sea and things like that. We did. It was quite nice weather, really. Yeah, we, we did some cliff jumping. All things being considered. Rock considered jumping. Island jump. in the middle of a like cold, cold ocean. Cold ocean. Um, I, I jumped off a rock into another rock. What, what happened, Joe? Uh, I said to Ollie... Do you think it'd be right to die? Does this look deep enough? And I said, it's just, absolutely. Hold on, hold on. No, no, I think we should finish the anecdote <laughs> and then you can defend yourself. Carry on. What Jay. happened was you, you were miles away, so I was shouting, probably, I couldn't see anything. <laughs> you just jumped. <laughs> I'm really sorry. George that is always dropping things. Sorry. Last time it was squirting fluid everywhere. Yeah, now it's dropping phones. Um, sorry. Dropping things. Dropping things. Disgraceful behaviour. Uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, Ollie misjudged the depth. and um, By not being there. Well, I mean, you just jumped off the same oh, rock, so you, you roughly... The day this. before, at a different time. You know the thing called tides? Yeah, okay. Okay, enough. right. David, you're making me do this because you're being stubborn. When I was in the Isle of Man with Ollie, however, he was with me, right next to me, in fact, and we were stood on this little cliff. And I said, Ollie... Do you think it's deep enough to dive? To which Ollie said, Yeah, I'll be fine, man. Let's dive. I said, Dude, I really think we should jump. That rock looks quite close. No, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Anyway, 
in solidarity with me, Ollie does decide to jump in. And even when we jumped in, we hit our feet like straight away. And it definitely wasn't deep enough to dive. Well, look, okay. So <laughs> when I... Ex- you're good at other things. That's okay. When I jumped, when I jumped in, um, basically, like, I did touch the rock with my feet, with my fair, with my feet. But not in any kind of dangerous capacity. I decelerated a lot. The rocks weren't sharp. So I maintained to George that it was safe to jump. Which but, I still but, maintain. But not dive. No, you probably shouldn't dive headfirst into it. Which is... Anyway. You didn't dive in. No, no, because you, I told well, you it, it would be a, a good idea. It seems anyway. a theme because um, Ollie judged the, the place where I dived in. As we find out. Thankfully, actually, my... My face and my body missed the rock, but my foot and my knee just scraped over the rock, which was um, covered in barnacles. So I, I have very little skin on the top of my foot at the moment. There was a lot you of blood. You don't need it there, though. No, I mean, it just keeps <laughs> leaking through into my socks, which is um, yeah. less than ideal. Yeah, but to be, to, be, to be fair, um, when it comes to Ollie advising me on technique, when, when jumping in anything or doing anything extreme... I tend to have quite loud and quite cowardly conversations at the top of my voice to Ollie, who's already done said activity, <laughs> with a lot of people around. And so Ollie will say to me, for instance, when we were there doing the rock jump, dude, it'll be fine. Just tuck when you hit the water. Yeah. And I'm saying to him, I can't concentrate on tucking once I jump off the rock. I'm going to be in the moment. You know, I can't. I, I'm not going to jump off it and think... Gosh, I need to be careful of my technique. And now just just picture the scene, because at this point there's like 15, like 13, (laughs) 14-year-olds all jumping off, like having a great day, and I'm already in the water. And so I've now got a GoPro. I took the GoPro thinking, great, we'll go do some cliff jumping, like get some sweet footage. So I jump in, and then the rest of the footage is literally five minutes of George just going, but what if this, oh gosh, um," and then, so like I can't get a nice, you know, Instagram-worthy clip. Because there's just too much worry. So, in fact, one of the funniest moments of the whole trip was being on your dad's boat and jumping off your... You've probably seen the footage of this. Uh, boat you have, boat yeah. panic. Boat, it, we call entitled boat panic. And um, we thought, you know, it'd be a great idea to take the boat out. It was quite sunny. And then jump off the boat when we're, when we're, we're stopped up. Anyway, so we did this. And then your dad, being hilarious, decides to drive the boat away. Yeah. Funny guy. Um... Now, the water's already pretty cold, so, you you know, there's not a lot of breath going on. Short breath. And it's quite choppy, which from sea level is terrifying. By the way, to be, to be I, fair I'm to me, it didn't, it didn't this... look very, like, that choppy, but once you're yes, in you're the in water, it, it yeah. makes Even a big difference. Even you must admit, it was a bit scary. It was well, a bit. you admitted it at the time. Yeah, so like, to... absolutely, it was, it was definitely kind of, like, a bit harder to swim than I thought it might. But I also knew my dad's sense of humour. I think you actually worried. No, no. I knew that he was coming back. But when you're in the water, I was terrified. I thought maybe he wouldn't. So so (laughs) there's a video of this. And basically it's just like George being like, no, John, 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 don't go. Don't go. Come back. Come back. And I'm just there like, dad, you should probably come back. He panics. (laughs) I panic. You did. You did. But we had a good holiday. So it's nice to be back together, basically. That's that's the long and short of it. Listen to more of the Talking Podcast at their home site, talkingpodcast.co, as well as from many of your podcast download locations. All right. I've told you guys before that I don't really care for pre-recorded promos. Now, there's nothing inherently wrong with them, but they can easily be played on any other podcast to help cross-promote another podcast. Clips, to me, are much more illustrative of what a show really has going on. And the guys at the Taco Tuesday podcast know that. 
We've clipped them before. But this week, they sent along a promo. It's got a head, a tail, some chit-chat in between, and music bed throughout the whole thing. Maddening to me. Because I love the Taco Tuesday guys, though. And because they got this promo here using our upload link at Hightail.com slash you slash Succotash Show, I am going to let it slide. But because they've already tacked on the info they think that you need to know, I got nothing more to add. Here's their promo. Welcome to Taco Tuesday, featuring Uncle Dad, Adam Wolf, and Dave in the cave. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> what the hell? Now, here's something that really surprised me. You know, this is two weeks. Thanks, stop moving. Surprise him. It's <laughs> wow, red, green. Oh my God, how'd that happen? <laughs> Two weeks removed from uh, the uh, Labor Day telethon weekend. Oh, yeah? Mm. Uh, I was, I actually did not realize that they did not play a uh, Jerry Lewis telethon. Yeah, who cares anymore? I did. I mean, Jerry doesn't care. I didn't care at the moment, but when I realized it in hindsight, I was I was sad. It's got to mm. be like ninety years old, right? It's got to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah From what I understand, the last few that he's been on, he's been pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's all bloated and greasy. Do you remember Diseased. watching uh, Dick Bold. Clark uh, dropping the ball? Yes, I remember on, many times on, watching Drip yeah. Drip Clark <laughs> Drip Clark drip, dropping balls. Drip Drippy, Clark dropping Clark. his balls. <laughs> no, at the very end, though, I mean, Dick Clark, they just rolled his ass out as slow oh, as so, so after his right? And, and yeah, they kind of talk like I did. Ryan had to go up against uh, Brian Seacrest. Yes. And, yeah, Brian Seacrest is going to drop the ball in Happy New Year, everybody. Oh, it's so sad. That's I think that's what they're doing with Jerry Lewis. You know, Why can't and, Ryan Seacrest have a stroke and <laughs> Dick Clark still go on forever? Yeah, America's uh, oldest Seacrest, teenager. Seacrest out there. Is he still alive? Ooh, Ryan Seacrest? No, no, he's, no, he's dead. Gone. Sign Dick Cre- Clark. It's a zombie. Oh, I thought you meant Ryan Seacrest. Ryan Seacrest has been dead he's for dead ten dead. years. He's just uh, listener of the week. Uh, Ryan Seacrest is gone. Reanimated. Reanimated corpse of Ryan Seacrest has been hosting uh, Dick Clark dropping his balls. And nobody has noticed. <laughs> no, because no one cares because there's no difference. I didn't think it was, I mean, I, the worst part was is I didn't realize that Labor Day came and went and nobody even tried, they didn't even try to fake the funk. And that's what you do for a little while is, you know, when somebody like is, is Eponemus. <laughs> the girl? The girl from Eponemus? <laughs> Who goes walking in the sand? Yes. Tall, tan, and lovely. I'm just thinking walking in the. That was a song. Walking the comedy team. The comedy team of tall, that's tan, and walking lovely. Walking in the sand song. That's uh, Aerosmith. Is it walk? Yeah, it is. Wow. Walking in the sand. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, when uh, <laughs> when when uh, you know so Jerry Jerry's was, kids, Jerry's kids. I feel like Jerry's kids right now. <laughs> Someone should do a telethon <laughs> for us. When they did, we ought to do our own telethon. We should yeah. raise uh, some money for uh, Dick Sternum. We should. <laughs> We should do a telethon. This feels like a telethon. Let's go to the tour board and see where we're at right now. Drum roll, zero please. Point zero Hi, don't you have Ohio over there? Don't you have Ed McMahon over there? And the toad is that nothing. His, that was his, uh, We've his sidekick. We- couldn't hear it, but whatever. Okay. Awesome. Ed McMahon was Jerry Lewis's sidekick. He was. You didn't know? No. Yeah. yeah it, it was, I know we did Star was, Search. In the Tonight Before Show. that, yeah. he was the For co-host wow. on the lit Jewish Jerry Jewish. Jewish. I guess the Jewish, 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 Jewish Lewis, the Jewish Le- <laughs> Jewish Lewis uh, Labor Day telephone. Uh, here we go with a <laughs> Jewish Jew Lewis old Jew reference, and oh, Dave is about ready to unleash. Could you be more any old Jewish guy than Jerry Lewis? <laughs> Hey, lady with the telethon and the toting. How come no one's listening with the man and the wife? And... Hey, lady. 
Oh my god! I always like serious Jerry. We got Jerry for the rest of the show. I'm glad you know, listeners. I hope you're happy. Listeners, I know they're going to be glad that we brought Jerry Lewis to the show. They say I should stop doing. Will not be leaving us for the rest of the the telethon. Many years ago, I should have stopped, but no, why? (laughs) (laughs) Always liked serious Jerry and then goofball Jerry. You never know when they're going to slide into exactly. He would move from one to the. other. Did you watch the uh, Lewis and Sullivan Uh, show? The Lewis and Sullivan. Remember, remember that telephone they had for Lewis, Lewis and Clark? Clark. <laughs> Lewis and Clark. And that's They're trying remember, to raise money Sass, for that trip. Yeah. That road trip Jouille. they went on. Remember they, they would always uh, highlight Sass, Sacagawea on the trombone. She was an ep- no one. No one played the trombone like Sacagawea on the Lewis and Clark telephone. Oh, Ed McMahon hey, was her, Ed McMahon was her co-host. Remember when it was Jerry Lewis and Clark who discovered the Northwest Passage? I think we found the Northwest Passage. Oh, it's a passage with the crossing and the Indians and the Sacagawea and the trombone. And then he would roll out the uh, cripple, the little <laughs> cripple. That's right, baby. Let's roll out the cripple. In that <laughs> time, DMX got arrested. They'd all get uh, drunk and play a nice game of roll out the cripple. <laughs> <laughs> roll Speed. out the cripple. <laughs> hey, what's up, lady? We'll have with the a barrel of fun. Walking with the funny and not understanding the English. They were trying to uh, raise money for those horse-powered wheelchairs. <laughs> no, they were trying horse-powered wheelchairs. Horse, oh, horse, oh. horse. Hey, speaking of... Uh, Check out the whole show at TacoTuesdayPodcast.com. Or whatever. Comedian Owen Benjamin, who's also an actor, started a podcast where he tries to deconstruct his act. He plays portions of his performances and attempts to figure out what it was that kept an audience from laughing at the material. Now, he's almost 40 eppies into Why Didn't They Laugh? But our associate producer has clipped the very first episode, which features a recording of Owen's father recounting a favorite joke. Tyson thinks the senior Benjamin sounds an awful lot like the late Spalding Gray, which is kind of interesting. Hello, this is my first podcast, and I am very excited because I have grown to like podcasts a lot. I never did one before because I didn't understand them. I just listened to the radio. But now I listen to podcasts, so I want to make one. This is called Why Didn't They Laugh? Because it's looking at the underbelly of comedy, like... When jokes don't work, sometimes you can just pull a joke out of the air and it just works. It just, it's almost like it existed before you grabbed it and it was just meant to work. But I'd say the majority of times, uh, it doesn't really work at first or you get some giggles, but it's not strong. So basically I'm going to show my process of writing jokes. From the first time a joke bombs until it works. Because I can just record the audio of my sets. It doesn't take a lot of memory on my phone. And it's fun. The first joke happened in Tampa. I just found out that the sitcom I've been on for the last three years had been canceled. And it was devastating. Because I really loved working with those guys. And they're my best friends. And it was sad. So I was kind of in a bad mood and I'm on stage and I started thinking about legacy and, uh, well, I I actually kind of want to start every podcast with a joke from my dad. Here's my dad 
telling a joke. Well, I talked to my anthropology friend, and he said, well, John, you always have to remember, if you're a member of royalty, no matter what culture, you always have advantages. I said, oh, that must be true. Right, he said. And I said, well, as the old saying is, once a king, always a king. But once a knight should be enough. (laughs) Okay, that's my dad telling a joke. He's kind of fruity and super funny. He's a professor. Um, has a lot of nightgowns. But that joke kind of got me thinking um, that this podcast episode should be about legacy. You know, like once a knight ought to be enough. Once a king, always a king. My dad's fruity little joke has a deeper meaning than his just giggles and wiggles. So on stage one night in Tampa, the crowd was pretty hammered. And I just start kind of going on a rant. And here it is. I think the root of a lot of people's misery is uh, over-controlling their life. Like, they're in stress because they're trying to control their shit. They're, like, in control. Have you ever thought about, like, the fact that nothing fucking matters because your legacy is up to chance? Julius Caesar, right? Greatest general of all time. All time. First real emperor of Rome. What does he get? A salad. It's a salad. The Earl of Sandwich gets the whole fucking lunch menu. <laughs> See, to me, that's fucking hilarious. Okay, Christopher Columbus goes across the ocean first, takes all the chance, right? Is this called North and South Columbia? No, it's called America, named after the dude who made the map ten years later. So who gives a fuck about anything? All right, that's a little intense. Okay, we can see that there's a lot of mistakes made there. Saying who gives a fuck about anything is not a good thing to say in a joke, typically. I mean, some comedians could get away with it, not me. That's really depressing. It's never a good sign when you have to tell the crowd that you think it's funny. And you'll hear people laughing, but that's just afterburn from my last joke that did work. So that's the thing. This whole podcast, we will be analyzing my failures. Uh, it's almost like your limp wiener. You know, we're not going to look at the the boner, you know, the thing I'm really proud of. We're going to look at the limp, like the cold, like sad wiener. But that's okay. You know, I feel like I've done enough good comedy over the years that I can show you guys, you know, my limp wien. And, and we can enjoy the process. Because that's what I like about podcasts is there's a lot of really smart people that like this stuff. Like they like the analysis and the process and the behind the scenes of how a joke is made. And it's great. It's great how smart people are. It's actually mind blowing. And it's, and it's, I like that you have to download a podcast because it kind of weeds out crazy people. Check out the Why Didn't They Laugh podcast at its home site over at sideshownetwork.tv. All right, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I have one leftover chat from the L.A. PodFest. Michael John Simpson, host of the Something Something Experience, was in the podcast lab a lot of the time I was in there. We talked quite a bit, and at one point, when it got kind of slow, he interviewed me for his show, so I thought it was only right and decent to return the favor. 
From the interview, we'll slide right into a clip from the show where you'll hear Michael and his co-host, or co-caster, as he likes to say, Kitty Brown, along with her guest comedian Ron Swallow, chatting about freelancing your way into some money when comedy isn't quite paying the bills. Uh, sitting at the Succotash microphones now is Michael Simpson of the Something Something Experience, which is a podcast about everything. That's that's what we say. <laughs> uh, now, Michael, this is a little bit of an unusual interview for me because I don't know anything about your show. Okay. Normally, I interview people and I know everything about their show, but I pretend that I don't know anything about their show <laughs> so that they can tell us. But I literally don't know anything about a show about everything. So, talk about it. We got started uh, a year ago, um, August of 2014. Um, that's right, we live in the future now. Uh, we uh, we uh, got started last year. A friend of mine and I, Ash Jones, uh, we worked together at a, at a mortgage finance company working for the man. And we would get into these long conversations in the hallway about media culture, movies, TV, comic books, you name it, music, everything. And uh, we were standing in the hallway talking about the golden age of cinema of the 1970s. And I was talking about how, uh, at that time, directors like Scorsese and, and etc. had adopted the French concept of, uh, of uh, uh, cinema verite into American cinema. And I used the word verisimilitude in a sentence. And some guy in the hallway stopped and spun around and said, did you just say verisimilitude? And I'm like, yeah, because that's a word you don't hear in, the, in a hallway at a mortgage finance company every day. And we started talking, and we talked, Brad, for about 15 minutes. He was an older guy. And uh, talking about classic movies, blah, blah, blah. And at the end, I, he took off, and I took, took, turned to my friend. I said, we should start a podcast. And we did. And at the time, I, everybody in whose podcast I was listening to was saying, go do your thing, go make your thing, as, as Craig Brooks would say, carpe fucking diem. And so I did. Got a snowball mic and the uh, um, the iPad, hooked it up, and just started recording ourselves. And then we started grabbing friends of ours. We live in Los Angeles and know a lot of people in the in sh who work in various degrees of show business in terms of back-end production, graphic design, produ production direction, et cetera, et cetera, and just started having people on. And it's kind of grown, and we got friends of friends and connections and this and that. And uh, Ash had to leave to pursue another business venture later the, uh, uh, earlier this year. And my friend Kitty Brown, who's our first guest, is a graphic designer, independent graphic designer. She used to work for like Cracked.com and other places. Uh, came on to be the uh, co-host, and uh, we've been going doing that ever since, and uh, it's been going really well. So we're so a year the, in, and so the rumor that you killed Ash is not correct. No, it's not correct. No, uh, All right. no, he's and alive and well. There's Although, evidence to the contrary, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Although, truth be told, I haven't heard from him in a few months, so <laughs> contact uh, will be made by the authorities. Uh oh, here we go. Where are you guys located? Um, I live in Valencia. Uh, Kitty lives in uh, in the Valley in NoHo. And uh, we record at one place or the other, or we'll go to people um, wherever we go. Um, I've recorded in the at a house in the Hollywood Hills where there were music videos being shot for the uh, L.A. prog rock band uh, um, uh, uh, Rocket Scientists. And uh, but we just we'll record anyway. I got a very mobile setup, so you know, it's like you've got it, very small, you can go anywhere. 
Yes, uh, this this is the antithesis of Studio P, which is my engineer Joe Polino's palatial studio. We actually record a lot of our episodes. Yeah. It's like a pro yeah. home studio with like sure. him on the other side of glass. Oh, yeah. And all that. The, uh, the two T's in a pod guys, they're two T's in a pod podcast. They recorded a little studio near, um, they call it Beer Studios. It's right by the uh, the Budweiser plant in the valley. Oh, okay. uh, fortunately, they're able to filter out the smell inside the garage. So, uh, <laughs> but it still comes through on the podcast, yeah. which is very unusual. Yeah. 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 Um, what is the most interesting uh, subject that you guys have tackled, do you think? Well, we talk a lot about creativity. We do make little ventures into socioeconomic and political and feminist discussions, but I think... Uh, Probably the most interesting thing is talking about, um, you know, people's process, uh, music videos. I'm always interested in hearing how people got started doing something, because my whole life I've lived behind a great wall of fear of, I'm not good enough to go do a thing, and finally all the voices that I've been listening to in the last few years saying, just go do it, don't care if it, nobody likes it, do it anyway, because it's for you, sunk in, and, and I think... Hearing those stories from people, is, I think, is the most interesting thing of, of why they're, you know, raison d'etre, impetus, whatever you want to call it, of why they're doing what they're doing and how they got started. So your show's been on for how long now? A year. Uh, we started in August of 2014. We just had our our year, our first anniversary. Happy anniversary. Uh, thank you very much. How many people do you think you've interviewed in the course of the year? We've had 48 episodes, a couple of which were re repeats. So probably in the neighborhood of 40 guests, maybe a few. We had a band, couple bands on, so, you know, that... Uh, any of those guests surprise you in them being much more insightful than you thought they might be? Definitely. That's something we, because it's such a casual, conversational type podcast, it's not. It's less of an interview, more of a conversation. We do touch on a lot of really interesting areas and, and things that I don't know about people, even close friends that I wind up interviewing and say, wow, I didn't know that about you. Um, something about their past or some something that they accomplished in their life or something like that. There's, so there have been several surprises throughout the process. Have you come up against like a, a monosyllabic respondent, somebody who just doesn't give you the goods when you're trying to talk to them, or you've been pretty successful getting everyone to open up? No. <laughs> Well, that's been uh, Michael Simpson. Thank you so much. Uh, no, people are... Uh, anybody who's shy or monosyllabic has declined to be on the podcast, has been like, yeah, I don't know what I would talk about, so thanks, but no thanks. But And we never take that to heart. You know, we never get hurt feelings by that. You know, sure. some people are not comfortable chatting, then fine. But for the most part, even a lot of people who said, wow, I've never done anything, an interview like this before... I don't know what I would talk about. We always find something to talk about. Because everybody has a story and everybody has passion. And that's the key underlying phrase. Maybe our maybe our tagline shouldn't be a podcast about everything. Maybe it should be a podcast about passion. Wow, I just uh, it just a kind of kind of occurred to me. Talk about surprises. <laughs> Um, now that you've been uh, following this course for a year or so, uh, any desire to either move the podcast in a different direction or branch out into something different, start a second podcast about something else? Well, when I started the podcast, 
I realized that many people have several podcasts. And so when I created the folder, the save folder on my computer, I created a header fo folder called Podcasts. And then I have one for the Something Something Experience. I don't have a second one yet. But Kitty's thinking about doing her own podcast uh, about strictly about feminism uh, and feminist guests and activist guests and things like that. I think that's fantastic. Um, but I haven't started come up with an idea for a second one yet. I'm really still very much nursing this beer and uh, and really digging it. And uh, but I the area that I have not touched on enough for my taste is comedy, and I just started getting comedians on. I had Ron Swallow on uh, last week who uh, is uh, who runs the open mic where I do stand-up in the valley. Uh, and uh, I have another comedian, Shannon Porter, who's a local L.A. comedian. Uh, she hit me up on, on Twitter. Uh, I put out a broadcast and said, hey, comedians, we want to talk to you. And I'm really wanting to branch into comedy because comedy is something that's very much runs through the core of me and who I am. It's something I want to pursue myself. So I want to get more of that on. And fortunately, this weekend has afforded me the opportunity to speak to some of my out-and-out -out heroes. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about people who wear capes with microphones on them. Greg Proops, Jackie Cation. Uh, talked to Wayne Fetterman. That was a huge, like, way out of left field. He walks into the room, and I I was the only one ballsy enough to walk up to him. Well, you talked to him, too. But I think uh, uh, but I, I walked up and said, hey, do you want to sit down? And he did, and we had a great, great chat. And now I want to go back and deep dive all his all his stuff, and can't wait for his retrospective album uh, to come out. So I'm Brent. I'm doing it. I'm doing the thing, and I'm moving in that direction. And I'm still going to have all the other people, and I want to have repeat guests come back and talk. You know, update update us and stuff. But I want to. I want to move this in more of a comedic direction, definitely. So, uh, the folks you got to talk to this weekend aside, who's, who's your who's your dream guest? Present company. <laughs> uh, well, this has been an honor, and I am shaking. I have urinated myself already twice. Um, no, I, I I'd actually like to sit Hardwick down. Uh, I listen to his podcast rather obsessively. I think there's maybe three episodes I've skipped just because I don't care for the care for the guests necessarily. But uh, and I won't elaborate. But but I I got to sit down and chat with him at the at the karaoke bar that he has talked about that they that they used to go to. Uh, I was a regular patron there for many years, and I got to sit down and chat with him for a few minutes there. I'd like to sit down and, and give him the same conversational treatment that he gives his guests. I I will rather unabashedly say that my podcast is somewhat modeled on the Nerdist model of, of the casual conversation and the talk about passion and whatever makes you tick kind of thing. And uh, and with a, you know, jokey, laughy, lighthearted kind of way. But I'd like to sit down and talk to him. love to talk to Jonah and, and, uh, and Matt. Um, I'm hoping to get Greg back for a longer interview. Um, but, but really, I mean, I guess I haven't really thought that far ahead. A, a lot of things that are happening this weekend are kind of as far ahead as my pipe dreams have gotten, and then some of those are kind of being fulfilled at this point. So. Okay. Um, so where do people find, uh, find the show? Uh, we have a blog, a WordPress blog for right now. Uh, something2, that's the number two, something2xp.wordpress.com. Something2xp on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, we our our feed is off of SoundCloud. Um, all of that information is available on the blog, and uh, hit, hit me up on Twitter. Also on Twitter, I'm 
uh, at St. Michael. That's S-A-Y-N-T-M-Y-K-L. Uh, and uh, underscore St. Michael on Instagram. And I'm on uh, I'm all over the place. So Great. on Twitter a lot, too. Excellent. Well, thanks for being on Suck Attack. Thanks very much. And uh, nice to meet you. Great. You too. This, has been, look, this has been tasty. Thank you. And uh, we will clip your podcast uh, in the next uh, few episodes as well. Thanks very much. Absolutely. All right. Have, enjoy the rest of the festival. You too. I was reading an article that said, you know, by 2020, 40% of jobs will be independent contractors. Because mm-hmm. companies know they can get away with, like, you know, not giving benefits right. or, like, sick time, right. stuff yeah, like right. that. Yeah. Right. You know? And, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I've made it work for the past 10 years, and I fucking love the freedom of freelance. Like, I wake up at noon. Like, you know, yeah, I, Right now, I'm working the uh, the grind. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I've got two day the jobs. Struggle. Oh, yeah. fuck. Well, you know, when I once I quit doing stand-up for a living, I had to figure out some... And the thing is, I've done stand-up for 15 years mm-hmm. in L.A. I've done it longer, technically. I started when I was 16. Actually, I started at a church camp, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> now I'm an atheist. Um, <laughs> oh, I didn't get. I need to get back to my how I started stand-up oh, yeah. story. Oh, yeah. That, but, yeah. but, oh, but you go ahead and finish what you were saying, though. Oh, uh, and so, like, now these two day jobs, like, I have this one day job, which is kind of rad. Uh, I sell sandwiches and salads out of a giant cooler to businesses. Oh, yeah. So I just drag this cooler in. Uh, I have to drive around a lot, and it's, you know, like, but uh, I like it because I'm always dealing, like, with people in a short spurt of time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is actually fun. It's actually funner because I'm an introvert. What yeah. I normally want to do is not be around people, but what I've learned no, is dude, that I understand. Like, half a the minute, struggle. Yeah, yeah. The half a minute real. of time with a person, though, mm-hmm. it's kind of fun. Yeah, I could be a couple. I make a couple of jokes. It's a, only a transaction, and I found that anything that's more of a transaction socially, <laughs> I'm okay with. Right. Like mm-hmm. when I go and sing karaoke, mm-hmm. that's barely social because mm-hmm. I'm performing, and if and then if I am there talking to someone, it's like. I ask them what song they're going to sing. Right. And you have a you have a topic. Yeah. There's a central. There's a you know, central there's a thing, and then the I don't. We don't have yeah. to have some real boring conversation. It can be like, oh, I'm going to sing "Wanted Dead or Alive," and I'm like, oh, everybody loves "Wanted Dead or Alive." You're going to have a good time. Yeah. And then I can just go be by myself. Right. right. <laughs> you know, but uh, the job itself is kind of fun because um, I got to figure out how much food to bring because I make money off of what I sell, mm-hmm. and I've got to be like. Friendly. So do you go? Do you go to a place and pick like a depot and pick up the food and yeah, load your cooler sort of. And go they pay like they charge me at the end of the day for how much I sold. Okay. So Sunrise Kitchens, I used to work for them. I worked on and off for them for almost ten years. Cool. Um, and then now I got a second court like, like I work for an architecture firm mm-hmm. for way more money than I deserve. Was it? You said you were doing admin, right? I'm not like an admin guy. Oh. Okay. I'm doing Excel spreadsheets. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it's Man. super easy. It, it is, but like... Boring. Yeah. yeah but it's three hours a day. That's the kind of thing that would make me want to eat a gun. Well, and i got to be honest with you. Uh, there's, it, I'm, I'm going between with this weird... Because if they hire me for just twice the amount of hours, mm-hmm. which would be six hours, um, I would make more than I'm making doing this job and that job combined. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only a mile from my house. So uh, it would be a way easier job to get to. I'd drive less. I would make a lot more money. Uh, and I'd have more time. But I'd also be working for six hours a day, making Excel spreadsheets, and typing out architecture like checklists <laughs> and other really, really boring shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'd be getting seventeen dollars an hour. Yeah, yeah. And because an architecture firm don't give a fuck because they make a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I invite you to listen to more of the Something Something Experience over at their home site, Something Two XP dot wordpress.com or at itunes and other such downloady places of course but 
feel free to come to SuccotashShow.com and find the link to their show on our blog for this episode. How about that? All right, cats and jammers, it's Tweet Sack time! And just like me, Tweety's wondering if there's anything even in the Tweet Sack. Let's have a look-see, shall we? Our old pod buddy in England, Adam Barker of Barker Podcast, tweeted out, Succotash Show, I think you might enjoy the new sound of Real Show CCR, Smiley Emoticon. Then there's a link to The Really Real Show with Barker and Parker. All right, Adam, we'll give it a listen. I saw on Twitter that the What a Pair of Trousers podcast just hit their 50th episode. Good going, guys. We'll clip you the next time around to commemorate this special occasion. If you're a podcaster that's been using the new, the new PodClear platform to record your interviews, I looked into it, but it really wasn't the system for me. You probably already know that PodClear has been acquired by Blab.im and is going to be going away in the next month or so. I think Blab's probably going to use the tech somehow, but that remains to be seen. There's no announcements so far. Rufus and Howard of the Man by Cow and the Adventures of Gret Benchleaf podcasts were surprised that I uh, played their notice about their upcoming season three of Man by Cow as a teaser last episode instead of what it was meant to be, a note to their current subscribers to switch feeds because they're on a network now. But they were happy about season three being talked up. They also said they'd be happy to come on Succotash for an interview real soon. How about that? Our contributing a comp- uh, Acapellanist, our contributing acapellanist, Abner Surd, tweeted to us, If folk art is art created by an untrained artist, then I hope you enjoy this little folk song. That was then followed by a link to the song that we're going to play at the very end of this episode. How about that? That's for you, listeners, for free, for free. The last tweet sack we read from back in Epi 115, I'd mentioned that friend of Succotash and Hawaii's comedy legend Andy Bumatai had invited me to join him on an episode of his Toolin' Around web show. But he also then told me he's not been able to secure the kind of motorcycles we wanted to ride for that. So it looks like we're just going to have lunch or something. I'll bring my equipment. We will catch up with Andy Succotash style while I'm in Hawaii next week. Well, that's about all the love the Tweet Sack's got going on. So here's the list of kind folks that took the time this past week or so to tweet, retweet, follow, favorite, like, comment, or otherwise mention Succotash in their social media palaverings. Reverend John M. Price, Kelly Carlin, Davian Dent, Geek Blast, Illusionoid, Rebecca Gardner, Salty Language Pod, Emily Rose, Tangent Bound Network, Tiny Odd Conversations, The Dazzling Dante, Terrence Grace, West Beth, Geek Master Blaster, Chris Mancini, Yas Queen Phoenix, Wasis Miller, Rufus and Howard, Hard On Podcast, Jason Beckwith, Geek Blast Show, Karaskova Super, Chris Gore, Glenda Frank, Dr. Pistol Pete, The Naked Porch Podcast, Camp Gaming NL, Mark W. Bennett, Matthew Foster, Ph.D., Dylan Thomas, Jordan Brady, Rank K.O., Soul, Sean Parker, The Unsocial Network, The Three Guys Rant Show, Drop Z Music, The D-Head Factor, The Pod Mafia, Lorraine Sloan, Rick Overton, Hot Butter Podcast, Prado God, Hollywood Rock and Wrap Up, Jackie Cation, Sina Abbotson, Crack 'em Up Comedy, Maureen Langan, Aaron Bot Brodkin, C 
Super Core Heroes, Hey Hey, Marissa Lowen, Southgate Media Group, Llama Corn Queen, Sup Doc, Sabrina Miller, Darius Banks, Beverly Barrage, Ella Ling, Too Much Scrolling, Smack Mouth Podcast, DAPF Podneal C, The Slant, Promos for All, Gormless Mook, and Schmuck Man. Oh, I love each and every every one of you Twitter handles. Thanks for your mentions, everybody. Feel free to write uh, to me about anything having to do with the show, including whatever your favorite comedy podcast might be. If you've not heard us mention it, send me an email to mark, M-A-R-C, at succotashshow.com. You can always call the Succotash hotline at 818-921-7212. Voicemail is standing by. And leave us a message that we will play on this show. Hey, guys. Will Durst here with a few choice words about greed. Gordon Gecko was wrong. Greed is not good. Greed is bad. It's a parasite that eats at society like a golden tick the size of New Hampshire. And practicing and or defending greed makes you a blood-sucking tick no matter how fancy a suit you're wearing. Talking specifically about the idiot CEO, Martin Shkreli, who raised the price of a life-saving drug called Daraprim from $13.50 a pill to $750 because, and I quote, he needs to start making a profit. A 5,455% increase, which if a grocery store did to onions would make them $2,700 a piece. Shkreli did this immediately after the company he founded, Turing Pharmaceuticals, bought the marketing rights to Daraprim. They don't make it, they just sell it. Another drug company, Gilead, did the same thing with a drug that they developed called Sovaldi, which is a cure for hepatitis C. The regimen for that drug consists of 84 pills, but each pill costs $1,000. That's right, $84,000, and then you're cured. But Turing Pharmaceuticals has no stockholders to report to, just Shkreli, a former hedge fund manager, which as a group are known to have less conscience than starving hyenas in heat. Remember the guys who advised their clients to buy stocks that they themselves were getting rid of? The mindset of a hedge funder is to do whatever it takes to make more money. Lie, cheat, steal, and worse. And now that worse includes letting people die for profit. Another example of why hedge fund managers should be taxed at the same rate as real humans. You allow these guys to sell drugs, and it won't be long before they start creating diseases for which their company conveniently has the antidote. There is no ethical consideration, only business. Even Donald Trump called the price hike a disgrace and said Shkreli should be ashamed of himself. And when Donald Trump calls you shameless, it's time to rethink your priorities. For Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast, I'm Will Durst. Thanks, Mr. Durst. Look for all things Durst on his home site, willdurst.com, and his tweets appear all the time, at Will Durst on Twitter. Well, thanks for stuffing your ears full of Succotash with a little bit of chat and clips here on Epi 117. If you'd like to do a little something-something to pay us back for all this free chuckle and jiving, we would adore your ratings and reviews up on iTunes, your thumbs-up and reviews on Stitcher, a heart on SoundCloud, a like, perhaps, on Facebook, a click on our Donate button or the Amazon banner at SuckatashShow.com. Any and all of those options will make us all very happy around Studio P and Studio F. 
and some of those things might even get you mentioned on an upcoming episode of Succotash. Remember to stick around after Bill Haywatt finishes up for the newest bit of wonderment from Abner Surd. And until the next time, thanks very much for passing the Succotash. Goodbye. You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, and on SoundCloud. You can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at marc at SuckatashShow.com. Or call into the Suckatash hotline at our non-toll-free call number, 818-921-7212. That number again is 818-921-7212. is produced and engineered with the kind assistance of Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our associate producer is Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Turges. Until next time, I am your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotash. Goodbye. The bird on the lawn's been there since dawn. I think he's hunting worms. He makes four hops and then he stops and listens for the squirms. Hop, 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 hop. Birdie goes a-walkin' with a skip and a-bouncin' away across the yard. Hop, 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 hop. Birdie goes a-walkin' catch a worm. Sorry, worm should have had a bodyguard. The bird on the lawn had best be gone, I think he doesn't see. The cat with claws on all his paws is right behind that tree. Swish, 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 kitty's tail is twitching with a switch and a brush and a little curly cue. Swish, 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 kitty's tail is twitching, look around, little bird, kitty's going hunting too. The cat by the tree crouched down with glee and then prepared to pounce. The dog saw the cat and that was that I'm happy to announce. Flap, 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 birdie goes a-flying with a whoosh and a whoop and a-way up in the sky. Meow, 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 kitty goes a-flying. Who'd have thought anyhow that a kitty cat could fly?